The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. So, Bubba, um, have you ever endeavored to do something... And then about three quarters of the way into it, you're like, you know, this is not working, but I wish I knew why. I wish I wish I knew why this is not going well. I started this business and I seem to be, you know, doing the same thing with it that I did with the other businesses I started. But this one doesn't seem to be doing well. Or, you know, the first two kids I raised, I did pretty good at this. Yeah. But, boy, that last one. Yeah, this little princess came along, and, <laughs> man, I just give her everything she wants. Huh? Yeah. Have you ever done that? You get in the middle of something, mm-hmm. and you're like, why didn't this work? Mm-hmm. What, what's going wrong? I, I thought I was a pretty smart dude. I think a lot of times we do that with, with many things. You know, why, why isn't my diet working? Why am I not saving enough money? Why do I always argue with that particular neighbor? You know, why do I get sucked mm-hmm. into that political thing with my father-in-law right. again? You know, mm-hmm. um, and we ask, just ask ourselves, why, why am I not experiencing a little more success here? Well, I'm reading again. You know, you laughed at me last week. Who sits around and reads psychology today? But I'm reading again the other day, and I came across uh, an article that said there are four human emotions that we all have that seem to be present in the things, to one degree or another, in the things that don't work for us. So why am I not a success at work? Why am I not doing well with my diet? Why am I always into it with my children? So there's four things. And you and I, I, when I read this, I thought, man, they've been following Bubba and me around with our clients. Mm -hmm. Because these four things, greed, fear, you're you're shaking your head. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Here's one. Impatience. Mm Mm-hmm. You ever, you ever see people be uh, 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 just mess up their investment portfolio with impatience? Yeah. What is that statistic about what the average mutual fund does and what the average investor gets? I'm great at making up statistics here, but I'm going to get pretty close on this. Yeah. You know, the average equity mutual fund has probably returned, let, let's say, 9% on average. Over, over the course of history, right? All right. So, like, since the the depression of the 20s and 30s. Right. The market. The market has done, or the average mutual equity mutual fund has done 9% annualized per year. Okay. So, pretty close, yeah. The average equity mutual fund investor has done about 3 and 3.5%, 4%. Less than half. Less than half. So and it's because they do the wrong thing at the wrong time. So the fund or mm-hmm. the investment is just doing what it does, and it has right. no decision mm-hmm. about getting in and or out because right. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be there, 
whether you want to be in it or whether you want to be out of it, right. it's just doing what it mm -hmm. does. So it never sells. Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So it gets its return at the end of every year. Correct. Some years it's up 17, mm -hmm. some years it's down 12. Right. Okay. But on average, you're saying 8, 10, 12, or 9. I, I'll pick. say 9. 9. Yeah. That's a pretty good return. I think so. On an average. Yeah. But, you know. Last year, it got more than that, and this mm -hmm. year, it hasn't. Right. So you just have to realize it does what it does. Mm -hmm. it, ri it rides its roller coaster. But individuals get to make decisions. That's correct. They get to get on the ride or get off. Mm -hmm. And you're saying they get on or get off at the wrong time. That's right. Many times. Many times. And the average shows that it's around 35 uh, to 4% is what the average investor would make in a mutual fund so why don't they give me an example of, of a bad decision phil our executive producer over there could make uh, 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 an example of why he wouldn't be getting his nine percent well let's uh let's take a look at the most recent market events right okay yeah. we had a uh, a global pandemic mm -hmm. that that hit uh hit the markets uh like a freight train mm -hmm. if you will right and between the course of uh, about the, the end of February, February 20th or so, mm -hmm. uh, till about March 24th, mm -hmm. I, I may be off on my days just a little bit there. So basically four or five weeks in there. A period of a month, mm -hmm. right? The mm -hmm. market was down 30-something percent, 32, 34%. <laughs> yeah. Crash. That's what it felt right? like, right? Yeah. And old Phil over there says, I can't handle this ride. I'm getting off. Okay. So he's got an investment that was valued at something, mm -hmm. and now it's valued at 32 34% less than what it was. Okay. And he gets off the ride. All right. So let's just do numbers. Let's say yeah. he, he, he got in at 100. Right. And he just happened to get in around the first of the year. Mm -hmm. And then it went down somewhere in March. He decides he wants to get off because he's lost 20 30 Right. And now it's down in the 70s. Right. Mm -hmm. So he bails. He bails. Okay. When Meanwhile, the same investment since March is probably up another 12%. So it's turned around. It's turned around. Come back. You're still probably negative for the year. For the year. He's under 100. Under 100. Okay. But, you know, if, if he's at, uh, if that investment was worth, uh, say, 86, 87, mm -hmm. as opposed to getting out when it was 70. Because when he got out at yep. 70, he probably has a bad taste in his mouth That's about right. it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you and I experience they have a bad taste in their mouth about you and me. Right. It's not that just, they just don't have a bad taste in their mouth about the investment, but they have a bad mm -hmm. taste in their mouth, mouth about anybody associated That's with that right. investment. Mm -hmm. Their accountant, their advisor, yeah. their attorney, mm -hmm. their, their brother-in-law, brother -in -law, <laughs> yeah. anybody. They got mm -hmm. a bad taste in their mouth. Right. They're mad at somebody, mad mm -hmm. at everybody, right. and which means it's going to be hard for him to get back in. Well, but we're going to talk about the greed factor. Okay, uh, so fear got him out, right? He and, was afraid and, and scared. And impatience. Right, 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 right. And his investment went from 100 down to 70, let's call uh -huh, it, right? Uh -huh. So then let's say that uh, the old greed bug gets him, all right? And he's watching everybody else around him. And uh, let's say that this occurred and uh, take, back it up a year, okay? okay? All right. 
October, November, December, we had a government shutdown, a trade mm-hmm. war with China. The markets were down, mm-hmm. you know, considerably. And that happened at the end yeah. of 2018. So let's say that he be- began at the beginning of 19, uh-huh. right? January of 19, mm-hmm. and looked at it at the very end of 19, and you had, you know, what, a 22, 24% return yeah, in the market? Tu- yeah, it turned around. It was a great market and last Phil year. And Phil says, I got to get me some of that 20%, uh-huh. right? And he jumps in with greed, okay? So on the converse, right? Yeah. Let's say that, uh, and, and I'm going to be a prognosticator of prognosticators here, right? <laughs> so we've had a, a market correction. We've had a little bit of a rebound. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we go forward another year or two or three, right? Uh-huh. And the market's up. Yeah. Let's say the market goes back up to 30000 and uh-huh. Phil gets a little greedy and says, I got to get me some of that return. I got to get back in. I got to get back in. But now he gets back in with $70 as opposed to 100 Right. And then we have a little market correction <laughs> again. And he gets out. And he gets out. And now his 70 goes from 70 down to 60. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's the psychology that takes place with, with the average investor if you're not working with you know, a professional that can help you navigate those kind of things. Yeah. So number one, I would say, you know, with Phil in this instance, uh, we probably needed to uh, have a better explanation of how the markets move and work, mm-hmm. a better expectation of his time horizon, mm-hmm. because, you know, he could come in and say, oh, I'm a long-term investor. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as the market goes down 10%, I'm out. I can't take it, right? So, so far, yeah. we've talked about greed, mm-hmm. fear, impatience, and there's one other, right. one other emotion one other activity we want to talk about when we come back from the break here on the advisors roundtable on super talk Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. And so, Bubba, we were talking going to the break about uh, these emotions, these actions, these feelings, these things that we do that can get us into trouble and spell the reason why we're not necessarily successful. And, and on this show, we usually talk about our financial lives. So we're talking about uh, greed and fear mm-hmm. and impatience. There's another one avoidance now let's go back to our discussion about phil here right we like to pick on phil uh but you know phil uh, he he got into the market because he heard his brother brother-in-law bragging after 2019 mm-hmm. how well he did right made some of that 18 20 percent money right so he and wanted phil to get was greedy in. he got greedy then he got fearful because mm-hmm. the market went down and the pandemic hit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got a presidential election and a bunch of other stuff happening. So it goes down 20 or 30 percent. And he bailed. Mm-hmm. All right. He was impatient. And now he's been hurt, Bubba. Don't you understand how bad he's been hurt? Oh, yeah. Huh? And, and what do we most want to do with hurt? Avoid it. Mm-hmm. Huh? Pain. I'm allergic to it. I, 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 I saw a bumper sticker one time there. 
Yeah. Speaking of bumper stickers, I saw another one the other day, and I asked my kids to get me this for my uh, Father's Day here in a couple okay. of weeks. Yeah, and it said, you can't scare me, dot, dot, dot. I have two daughters. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> I've been treated everywhere. No, yep. Whatever. God, that's a blessing. But uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes. So he's been hurt. The people look at you like you don't understand, Bubba. You don't understand the hurt I have here. That was all the money I had. Which is probably right. We, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, and um, at the the studies that are out there show that you remember hurt or pain more than you would uh, remember the feeling of elation or gain. You know that makes sense. Just think about relationships. Think right. back to high school. Mm-hmm. You remembered that that pretty girl really was a good kisser, but when yep. she broke up with you. Yep. You remember that a I'm whole... I'm jilted forever, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. Yeah. Remember pain more than you do... You relation. remember pain more than you do gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that actually is true when it comes to our financial lives, sure. our physical lives, mm-hmm. our spiritual lives. That, that preacher, you know, he said something I didn't like one time. I ain't going back. Mm-hmm. Huh? That teacher, you know, they, they were mean to me in voice lessons one time, so to heck with music. Uh, you know, that coach, he really came down hard on me when I didn't run that play correctly. So, you know, I'm quitting. We, we're, we're pretty good at avoiding and quitting, right. aren't we? So in all of our lives, whether it's our financial lives or not, can you see these four things working on a daily basis, not just in your clients' lives, but in your life. Oh, sure. Huh? Yep. Greed, fear, impatience, and avoidance. So, if you're one of those people, let's say that your company has a 401k. And you don't have as much money in your 401k as the guy who works at the mill beside you. Mm-hmm. You've been working there about the same amount of time. Maybe one of the reasons your 401k is not worth as much as his, because it's amazing to me, Bubba. People talk about these things, right? Don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they come in and, and and they bear their souls when they're at work, right? People know how much money you have and how much you mm-hmm. owe on your truck and how many times you file bankruptcy and how many times your kid's been mm-hmm. arrested. I mean, a lot of things I'd keep to myself, right? Huh? But they do. They open up mm-hmm. to one another, don't they? They come in and they say, you know that guy at work, he, he, he tells me his 401k is worth 200 grand. Mm-hmm. Mine's only worth 110. I want you to look at my investments and get mine up there. Yep. And I'm thinking, I don't know if it's investment choice or not. And, it, you know, it, it might not be investment choice. Mm-hmm. It might be the fact that the, the guy with 200000 started mm-hmm. earlier. That's true. And it could be just a few months. Right. Because what's that eighth wonder of the world thing you Compounding talk? interest. Yeah. I mean, if he got in just to happen to be you hit it right, mm-hmm. get in when the market was low, you know, and he was in six months before you were, that may have been the six months that it really moved this mm-hmm. year. Here's another thing that is a statistic that uh, we're not inventing here. This is one that is actually true. Mm-hmm. 
if you miss the top 10 good days in a market year, you missed 70% of its gains. That's correct. If you miss the top 10 days of a market year, you miss 70% of its gain. So if the guy working at the mill beside you got in the market six months before you, he may have been lucky that in that six months, maybe that six months was eight of the 10 days. Right, or 10. Well, that's true. Because sometimes in a given market uh-huh. year, the best 10 days happen in a month or two period. Sure. But he got in, and then you finally decide, you know, he's doing so well, I think I'll get in. And so you jump in. Mm-hmm. And since you guys talk about everything, you ask him, where did you put your money in the 401k? He probably told you. Well, I put it in these two funds. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked these two funds. Right. I listened to Greg and Bubba yeah. one day. Yeah. You know, I read one yeah. Money Magazine mm-hmm. article, and I'm now I'm a success, and I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. So... You do the same thing. So it's not necessarily investment choice, probably, but it's how I handle those investments. And how I handle those investments may be determined by these four emotions. So let's dig a little deeper into greed. When when most people hear the word greed, what do you think they think? Uh, you know, I I think they would think of uh, Big Daddy Warbucks, you know, sitting out on his yacht got a special bedroom down on his boat, you know, that's just filled full of money, and he goes down there and rolls around in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Mr. Drysdale, mm-hmm. you know. And can't get enough, right? He, he just can't yeah. get enough. He wants some of yours, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh? That is one picture of greed. And is always thinking of ways to get more. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe ways to get some of yours. Right. Okay, so that's one picture of greed. But what's that other picture of greed you painted a few minutes ago about Phil over there? He doesn't necessarily have to be greedy associated with stealing somebody's money. No. He doesn't necessarily have to be greedy when it comes to accumulating lots of wealth. Mm -hmm. The little greed bug can bite him in other instances, right? Right? can be just a little mosquito. Yeah. And, and to, uh, I would put it this way. I think greed is, is better summarized as wanting or desiring something that, that somebody else has. Mm, kind of like being envious. Right. Yeah. And so you, you start out with being envious, mm-hmm. and then greed bites you yep. and tells you what you got to do in right. order to get that. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Envy is kind of the feeling. Greed is the partner that it whispers in your ear. Sure. <laughs> hey, man, mm-hmm. you want a Cadillac like he has? These are the things you have to do to get it. Right. And sometimes that's bad advice, isn't it? So in our saving and investment world, greed can talk you into making two or three decisions that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Number one, bad timing. Your example that you gave earlier about Phil, you know, he saw what his brother-in-law or his brother did last year and made some of that 18 to 20 percent money, mm-hmm. so he jumped in. And that's an example of bad timing. Mm-hmm. However, I would say, uh, and I've said this before, success in the market has less to do with timing the market. Instead, it has more to do with time in the market. 
And just, you know, just like you said a minute ago, uh, what is it, 70? Uh, yeah. yeah of the 10, top the 10, 10 best, top 10 best trading days of the year, best days in the market Give make up 70%, 70% of, of your return. overall return. Yeah. 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 So even if but you don't know when those 10 days are going to come, I right? don't. So you have to remain invested. And I got I to gotta get started sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Phil got started sometime, let's say this year, yeah. and maybe he got started because of greed. He could overcome the greed thing mm-hmm. if he picked at the top of the market, if right. he just hung in there. Right. When we had that mm-hmm. fear and that impatience and that avoidance kick in because of the pandemic. And in this case, if Phil started in February mm-hmm. and I started in April, mm-hmm. two months difference, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've got a totally different return characteristic than Phil does. That's exactly this right. This year. You started in the same year. Mm-hmm. Just 60 days apart. Right. You wouldn't think that that'd make that much difference. You wouldn't think so, but old Phil does. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Gonna take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and my co-host, Certified Financial Planner Bubba Labus, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about these emotions that can affect us and affect our success in just about any mm-hmm. walk of life. We covered greed pretty well. Yeah. All right, so let's get to fear. How does fear motivate you or unmotivate you? Uh, you know, that, that's a good point, uh, whether it motivates you or unmotivates you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to come up with a good example here. Let's, let's say, for instance, that, um, that you're fearful to go do something new. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, let's say it's ride a motorcycle. Ride a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of riding a motorcycle. Never been on one. And, I never you know, I hear that those one. things are death contraptions and, you know. My mother's. And know, magnets for other vehicles running into you, right? My mother's 80 years old yeah. and I'm almost 60. She'd yeah. still be mad at me if she heard I got on Right. One. Yeah. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know. All right. Yeah. So I'm afraid. Right. Now, why am I afraid? Am I afraid because my mother ingrained it in me? Maybe. Am I ingrained because I saw you after a couple of tumbles? Mm-hmm. Am I ingrained because I'm logical and I see right. two little wheels yeah. <laughs> and yeah. big 18 wheeler? Yeah. And the only thing that's protecting me between this pavement is like a little thin piece of plastic <laughs> yeah. on my helmet. A little rubber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, and, and, and I can talk myself into or out of a lot of stuff. Right. You ever been that way at anything? You know, go out for, foot, for first football practice yeah. in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. You know, they throw you out there with those bigger boys. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, drive a car. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I've known grown people who never learned how to drive a car. And a lot of it because of fear. Go to college. You know? Those are harder classes. I barely got through high school. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I've heard it said this way before. I think... Um, I'm going to try to remember the way I heard this. The fear of failure mm-hmm. is one of the biggest fears out there. Oh, man. If you're afraid to fail, oh. then yeah. it will paralyze you and keep you from doing things. Oh, yeah. 
but you never know if you're going to fail unless you try. Yeah. So I think it's all about perception and, and how you uh, how you see things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I might have been scared to get on that motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I might have been fearful to get on it and been fearful of getting run over by an 18-wheeler or mm-hmm. sliding off the edge of the road. Mm-hmm. But then again, I could get on that motorcycle and, you know, go riding up a a twisty mountain Mm -hmm. road, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the fall of the year, Mm -hmm. taking in the the sunshine and the the scenery and the fallen leaves Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and quite actually, this thing about motorcycles and and if you're a, a motorcycle enthusi- enthusiast, yeah. you know, I, I think it's cool and and God bless you. And my fear of motorcycles is kind of what we've talked about here. Yeah. My, my, my mother ingrained it in me. Mm-hmm. I'm a little logical here. I haven't been on them very much, yeah. but I will tell you this. One time I went to this uh, this conference and it was out in uh, Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. And this is about 20 years ago. And there's another guy that I went with, and he was big into Harley Davidsons. Yeah. And he had heard that we could ride through these absolutely gorgeous passes yeah. in Utah. Mm-hmm. And he rented a Harley Davidson and talked me into getting on the back of that thing. Right. And we rode for about three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've never seen these colors. Right blues and greens mm-hmm. and pinks and yellows yeah. going between in those passes and we rode for two or three hours yeah. out and two or three hours back and in that five hours one of the most beautiful yeah. things i've ever seen in my life and your whole vehicle is a sunroof absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. i mean really and and it was a beautiful day you know it was about 65 or 70 degrees mm-hmm. and, and it couldn't have been better so you know i could have come back and become mm-hmm. a motorcycle enthusiast pretty easily. Right. I got over my fear. Now, one of the reasons I got over my fear was Jim was good. Right. He had done this all his life. You know, when we were in high school and college, he'd been one of those crazy guys out on one of those mm-hmm. that, you know, does the flips and does all the presentations yeah. down here at the arena and in the dirt and dirt biking mm-hmm. and big knee pads and everything. Right. And he knew the ins and outs of a mm-hmm. Harley, how to make that thing lean, and what to do when you got behind an 18-wheeler, and how to accelerate and go past. And it was smooth. I mean, I re- after about the first 15 minutes of getting over my initial fear, yeah. where I probably, he probably has these gouges on the side right. of his flanks. Right, uh-huh. <laughs> where, where my fingers right. were like claws. Mm-hmm. inside the poor guy but after a while i got comfortable yeah and i got over it because as you pointed out a minute ago i had somebody to advise me through this somebody who'd been there before somebody who knew what they were doing somebody who was calm about it um and i think the same can be true for our all the other parts of our life we're wondering about our success specifically Mm -hmm. our financial success if i could get somebody who's done this before you know if you're afraid of the market what if you could have lunch with warren buffett yeah hmm what if he could sit and talk to you what if he could tell you some you know war stories about times he's lost billions Mm -hmm. and he's calm about it yeah 
How, you, how do you do that? So two or three things about fear. Sometimes fear is innate and natural. Sometimes fear is learned. Mm-hmm. Sometimes fear seems logical to us. But to address our fears, one of the best things to do is be logical also. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Phil here and his market experience. If you could have been the fly on the wall talking to him when he got in at 100, when the market did the thing that it did because of the pandemic, what are some things you would have said to try to talk him out of his impatience and fear? Well, I think it would have began on the front end. Right mm. before he ever started, mm. and I, I would have said, you know, Phil, markets are, are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they go up and they go down, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go down, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go up, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need to be prepared for when they go down, mm-hmm. just like you need to be prepared when they go up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think with a little bit of education on the front end, he would have been a little bit more prepared. And, you know, maybe instead of putting all of his money in right away, uh, we, we probably would have discussed a strategy. Hey, why don't we meter this in over time? Uh, so let's say that he put in 25% mm-hmm. in February. Mm-hmm. And then March rolls around, market's down a little bit, mm-hmm. and we put in another 25%. Mm-hmm. And then April rolls down uh, around and the market's down a whole lot, oh. right? And we put another 25% in. Oh. And then May rolls around and we put another 25% in. Uh. Well, you've dollar cost average it over a four-month four period. You have. And, you know, based on that scenario, you're probably around even. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. During the same period mm-hmm. of time, same amount of money, just doing it a little differently. Right. You know, because in my mind's eye, when it came to riding a motorcycle, all I could see was my fear taking over and I could see the Mm -hmm. dude doing the dirt biking. Right. But the way Jim introduced me to it on the back of a big Harley, it almost felt like being in a car, man. Mm -hmm. You know, all that power and all that room and that nice seat and the whole thing. And he introduced me to it in a different way. You're introducing Phil to it in a different way there, aren't you? Absolutely, I am. And would you say that that's what you would recommend for most people? Well, maybe for Phil I would. If it was for me riding that motorcycle, you know, I'd want to put on the blue and white cape and the white (laughs) outfit. And, you know, here I am. I'm launching the Grand Canyon, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people are that way. But but Phil's a little bit older. I'm younger. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got more experience mm-hmm. than Phil does. So, yep. you know, yep. I feel comfortable with those risks, whereas mm-hmm. Phil wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm ready to go, you know, all in. Wide open. Yeah. And you may have been on a motorcycle a lot of times in your sure. lifetime. Mm-hmm. So you're like, man, you know, Cooley going off with your thing on the on the right. Harley Davidson. I'm going over here and I'm going mm-hmm. to do the trails. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And we could have both done five hours on a motorcycle. Sure. Different experience. Different experience. Yeah. So being able to work yourself through the fear with somebody helping you and explaining it to you and being calm about it. Here's another thing. You used an average a minute ago, you know, over the last uh, you know, 50, 7,500 years, markets mm-hmm. average 9%. That's about right. All right. But you know what? Phil's not guaranteed that the first year he puts it in, it's going to be 9%. No, he's not. It may be 17. It might be minus 5. 
he may have to stay in six, eight, ten years before he averages 9%. Mm-hmm. He may be at the end of three or four years of a bull market, and he's averaged 12, and he thinks, I'm better than Bubba. Yeah. Bubba's averaging 9. Yeah. I'm averaging 12. I can't do anything wrong. Uh, I, yeah. Me and a monkey mm-hmm. with a, a dart can do better mm-hmm. than, you know, Bubba did. Bubba's right. averaging 9. Mm-hmm. Or he may get in, and it's uh, like the lost decade of the 70s, mm-hmm. and he may have to be in 13 years and keep all his dividends yep. to be able to average nine. Explaining that on the front end is another thing, right? right? Yeah. So we talked about greed in depth, and we talked about fear in depth. We're going to come back, and we're going to pick on impatience. Okay. Here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Advisors Roundtable. Excuse me, get my tongue off of my eye teeth. Uh, so uh, the Advisors Roundtable here with Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley. Bubba, um, we're talking about these emotions that can get us into trouble, greed, fear. Let's talk about impatience. You ever been impatient about anything? Pray sometimes and say, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're impatient while you pray for patience. Right. And quite actually, sometimes that can be a two-edged sword because mm-hmm. you ask God for patience. Well, how do you know if you have patience? Mm-hmm. Something bad happens and you right. have to show you have patience. Right. Right? It's kind of like, you know, good Lord, give me strong muscles. Mm-hmm. Well, that means you're probably going to need to lift something heavy sure. to prove that you got strong muscles mm-hmm. and bones and joints and all those sorts of things. So impatience. Well... I see this a lot, parents to children. Hmm? Yep. In a, in a teaching moment, it's really hard sometimes when you know how to do it and you just don't understand why I can't get mm-hmm. it. You know? Uh, it's, it's hard not to take over and just do it yourself. Yeah, just, you know, like, like computer things. Right. You know, we got a guy who's really good at, at, at helping us mm-hmm. at the office with computer things. When he comes in, you know, he either wants to stand there and tell me too much about Mm -hmm. it, and I don't have 30 minutes to understand gigabytes and megamites and megahertz and whatever, whatevers, or he's in such a hurry, he just pushes me out of the way and grabs the mouse. Right. Well, some of these things, you know, I really do need to know how to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's really easy to either be impatient with somebody because they're not catching on. And you know what happens a lot of times? I back off myself and ask, you know, when I was learning this, did I just pick it up naturally or mm-hmm. did it take me a minute? Right. Huh? My dad was trying to teach me how to shoot free throws one time. And if you've ever watched a basketball game with me, I don't care if it's a junior high school or an NBA game, you'll, you'll realize free throws is a big deal to me. No, I don't know if I can get through this thing on... Because they're free. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I can get through this next minute or two of talking about free throws mm-hmm. on the radio without breaking one or two FCC rules. Because right. I, I get, you know, like four-letter word colorful with right. it. I don't understand. Yeah. 
two or three things about free throws my dad explained to me. First of all, you got to want them, son. They are free. And probably when you stepped up to that stripe, you earned this place. Mm -hmm. Somebody probably hurt you. Right. It's called a foul. Mm -hmm. Huh? And so you deserve this free shot. So, and you need to want it. Because they did this, speaking of statistics, we kind of create, up, create a, on the fly. This is going to sound like one, but it's not. It's actually a valid statistic. If you went back last year and picked your favorite team, NBA team, college team, high school team, if your favorite team had shot 70%, just made 7 out of 10 free mm -hmm. throws, the average team would have won five more games last year. Yep. If they just, you know, we're, we're talking these mean something. Mm -hmm. So, number one, you got to realize it's mean something. Secondly, you have to have practice to know the form. Shooting a free throw is probably a different form than shooting a 20-foot jumper with somebody with their hand in your face. Mm -hmm. All right? So you need to know the form, which means you need to have practiced it. All right? And I can tell when somebody walks up to the free throw line, first of all, whether they want it, and secondly, whether they have free throw form or not. I can just I, – I, I can see it because my dad ingrained it into me. Well, this was very natural for him. So you're not a gambler, but, you know, I would use that to my advantage. Oh, I would. And I'd I mean, be I like, can. five bucks says he doesn't make it. Well, when we get back yeah. to the office, okay. you ask Karen how good I am okay. at this. Because we'll be sitting and watching a mm -hmm. game, and now she's gotten to the point she probably is tuning me out because we got 30-something years together. Mm -hmm. And so she probably is not listening anymore. But I can say, when the guy gets the ball – just before he releases it off his fingertips, mm -hmm. I can go, that one's good. Or I can say, missed it. Yep. Before it even gets near the rim. Right. So, yeah, I probably could. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I'm pretty good at that is because my dad, standing over me and over mm -hmm. me and talking to me about it, he showed patience. Because guess what? My dad could shoot them with both hands. 70% mm -hmm. or better with both hands. So okay. here I am, you know, I'm like nine years old, right. trying to learn from this dude that can make them with both hands. I wouldn't have become as impassioned about this and decent at this if he hadn't had patience. Because he knew how to mm -hmm. do it. The same thing I think is true for our financial lives. It'd be good if you had somebody who had some patience who could coach you through your impatience. So let's go back to Phil. You're, we're picking mm -hmm. on Phil day, today. Can you see his impatience? Like I can watch the free throw line and see where the guy's either going to make it or not. Can you tell with conversations with him, oh, here comes his impatience. It's starting to rear its ugly head. Yep. Can you see that? Usually right off the bat. Can you? Yep. Is it attitude? Is it tone of voice? Is it certain words? All of the above. Really? Mm-hmm. So you can tell. He got in the market. He said he was in for the long term, right. Bubba. This is money. I'm not going to need yep. it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You just do what you do. Anybody yeah. ever tell you that? The market was up 2% today, but I was only up 1.4. Oh, What's up? Oh, yeah. What's wrong, Bubba? Yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can hear all that. Right. And you can see it coming. Huh? Now, he told you two months ago when he put the money in that, that he was good. Mm -hmm. He I, don't even give me a login. I'm not going to look at it every day. Mm -hmm. Yep. Bull. Right. Huh? 
because impatience starts to get to him. Because you know what? He didn't remember the fact that you told him he may not get 9% every year Mm -hmm. and that that's just the average. He didn't remember that the market's going to be up about six or seven out of every 10 years and it's going to be down two or threes and sideways once every now and then. He didn't remember all that. All he remembered was 9%, Mm -hmm. Bubba. And you're not getting him 9% the first two months. So impatience can start to speak to him, can't mm-hmm. it? wonder what impatience voice sounds like. You know, one of those Disney characters? Yeah. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what, 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 would it be like a Robin Williams thing off of Aladdin or whatever? You know, impatience talking to you. Can you, can you tell whether you have impatience or not? It's difficult. Very mm. difficult because you don't see it yourself. No. You don't know that you're being impatient with your child. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know that, you, that the, the computer guy doesn't know he's being impatient with me. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just stupid and I don't get it. Right. Right? Huh? So you don't see it in yourself? Mm-hmm. Do, you even, do you even think you know you had it after you have exhibited it? Like... When the person calls in and says, I got to get out. Mm-hmm. It's becoming painful. I want to get out. The market's down 20 or 30%. Get me out. Do you think they really realize what they're doing? Or you think they're acting out of panic and they think this is necessary? Is it necessity, they think? Do you think that they think that this is something I better be doing? A smart person would be acting this way? You know, it's, it's difficult to judge that. I would say, because each individual is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time they're going to think that it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I I can almost hear it in the mm-hmm. tone of their voice. Like if, if you were to uh, give them a different way of looking at it, mm-hmm. that you would just be off the rails. Right. The, the, <clears throat> all smart people have to be doing this. Mm-hmm. All the smart people have to be bailing. Hmm. When sometimes the smart people are buying. Oh, really? In fact, that's one of the things we tell people from time Mm -hmm. to time, especially when we teach these classes, that some of the most wealthy people, we only see them when? When the market's down. Yeah. Because. And in a good way, because they're buying more. Yeah. Yeah. So if that should be you, maybe you should think your way through your emotions. Your greed and your fear and your impatience and your avoidance. Right here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.